Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to Luke in the second chapter, verses 41 to 52. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you with great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. May the church hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning. Amen. In the scripture today, we heard the story of a young Jesus at the temple, his parents anxiously searching for him and then finding him among the teachers, listening and asking questions. We heard that all who heard him were amazed at how much he understood and how much he contributed. Often, during the last six months, I have returned to divinity school after my Sundays at this congregation working with our confirmands, excited to bring the courageous and curious questions raised by Lucinda, Claire, Ainsley, and Nathan. I love this story of a young Jesus in the temple because we don't often think of Jesus as a child. I don't know about you, but I often picture Jesus in his late 20s or early 30s, green enough on this earth that he's seeking change and something different, but also old enough to be perhaps a bit jaded. What I love about this story is that it reminds all of us, particularly adults, that asking difficult questions, ones that may even be unanswerable, is a practice of deep faith to be able to hold all of the complexity and still affirm faith is a true gift and one that each of our confirmands brings with them today. Lucinda is an artist. She thinks deeply about how to create a kinder world, especially in schools, and is a lover of animals. There are so many things that I've appreciated about Lucinda, but the one that I'll share with you today is that she continually helped remind all of us of our inherent belonging in this congregation. Throughout our time together, when we would ask confirmands how they were feeling about joining the church, Lucinda always gave a resounding yes. Her ability to see her place in this church helped others see how they belonged as well. And we are so grateful to have you as a young leader in our congregation. 
Claire brings a deep love of faith and liturgy to this community. She was often the one in class to bring us back to the text and remind us of scriptural stories that connected to our weekly discussions. Claire was also the one who pointed out to me her interpretation of that stained glass window right there and the gates of heaven shining down on the mountaintop. I'd never seen it that way before, so thank you, Claire, for showing that to me. Claire helps me see the Bible in new ways, and her love of liturgy keeps us all grounded and deepens our faith practices. I am so excited that we get to welcome Claire as a member and get to enjoy her wonderful laugh and strong sense of faith. Ainsley is a creative. Whether it's drawing, sewing, singing, or acting, Ainsley brings an innovative approach to how to live out her faith. Ainsley was a dedicated participant in our conversations around anti-Semitism and helped guide all of us to think more critically and compassionately about how to attend to painful events in our community and center those who are most impacted. Ainsley's also a committed friend, consistently bringing up her joyous friendships and the way she sees them connected to her sense of faith. Ainsley will bring so many gifts to this community and an abundance of creativity and thoughtfulness. Nathan is a deep thinker. He asked essential questions of all of us, and his curiosity and attentiveness to social justice pushed all of us to think about what it means to live a life of faith. Nathan is a wonderful writer and poet, and his narratives make accessible, important stories for the times we are living in. Nathan helped all of us think about how our work in confirmation class connected to the world at large especially as he called our attention to speak truth to power and be aware of both the legacy of Christianity as well as its future. Nathan is someone who truly embodies faith in action, and we are blessed to have him join this community today. Friends, what a joyous day to have these four wonderful people share their confirmation of faith with us. And with that, I'd like to invite Nathan forward. My name is Nathan, and this is my statement of faith. I see the Lord in the quiet. A question that really resonated with me during confirmation was, where do you see the Lord? At the time, I had no clue where I saw the Lord. For weeks, I pondered what the shield of Trinity was, or if, what it was in relation to me. The first roadblock I ran into with my faith was, if God was all-knowing and all-powerful, why would he let humans run rampant, causing chaos and harm in his name? I thought of all the wars that took place in the name of the Prince of Peace and his father. Along with this, in our confirmation class, when discussing the violence of war, we debated the concept of between the stirrup and the ground, which meant that during the time of war on the battlefield, in the time a soldier falls off his horse to his death and hits the ground, if he accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he will be forgiven of all sin and granted access to heaven. I found this to be unbelievable. What if someone committed mass atrocities and just because of the acceptance, he is granted access to heaven? This didn't seem right to me. So like whenever I can't make sense of something, I asked my mom. My mom who has in all aspects of her life tried to help people. What I was not expecting when I asked her was that she would tell me to not think about it too much. <laughs> to this, I was shocked. But upon reflection, I think I know what she means. People interpret Christ in so many ways. 
Many times, religious groups are at a crossroads, teaching contradictions as to what God is and what he represents. She means what she has told me so many times. Take what you believe from the church and try to use it to incite positive change with your belief. This is really why I want to join the church. Over the years, I've seen all this good this church has done and the positive change it has incited in our community. From helping refugees at the lowest point in their lives by setting them up with shelter to accepting all into the church with open and accepting arms. This is what God represents to me, to treat everyone with dignity and respect. I continue to remember the service that was held in honor of George Floyd. I remember how we met as a community to mourn and honor his life, how the church worked as a meeting house to bring the community together and grieve. This is the part I'm choosing to see by joining the church, the part that I believe, the part I will try to use and incite positive change with. I hope that's how I will be of service to this church, by one being steadfast and asking questions I am having trouble understanding, and by striving to help the church's mission of acceptance in any way that I can. The question that I will forever struggle with is what is the Holy Trinity in relation to me? The best I can do is say what I think. I think the creator is just what it sounds like, the creator. After the evolution to man, the Lord breathed into the untouched homo sapien and made them more than beasts. God made them divine. The Lord wanted a symbiotic relationship. God needed a host to spread the Holy Spirit. So he breathed the spirit into humans and reinvented them in his image. God, human, God made humans to protect and guide the world. It is said that God didn't want chaos anymore. God wanted something to love, which is why God breathed the spirit into man and made us divine. God, of course, is not human, but holds human characteristics. This explains why God made humans. Like all of us, God, need, God needs connection. All humans alike crave connection, whether that is touch, attention, or even just the feeling of support. God the Son, Jesus, the one given to guide mankind, the Prince, of, the Prince of Peace who broke the bread and died for man's sins. It is said that the bigger the sinner, the more welcome they are to the church. This is a fundamental teaching of Jesus. Even when he was betrayed, when he knew that one of his most trusted confidants was to turn against him, he gave communion. And with his death, his crucifixion, he birthed anew, blood and water. When the sword went through him, he bled blood and water and birthed anew mankind. He is not the creator, but like the creator, he is God. And finally, the Holy Spirit. This to me is the cross of human and Lord. God gave mankind breath and made them human. This breath is the Holy Spirit. It's to me what distinguishes man from beast and beast from man. It is a very fine line. Man is still a beast, but unlike all others, has the opportunity and the conscience to be more. This is what makes, holy, this is what makes humans holy. And like the creator and the son, the Holy Spirit is God. To me, this raises the question, where does human and God split? The only thing I can come up with is that God gave humans the conscience to choose. Will you be beast, or will you choose to fight for the prosperity of all God's creations? This is what I think God is calling me to be, to be more than a beast, to choose to hear God in the quiet and in the chaos, to be one with all creation and life. I think I am given the choice, and I think I am meant to choose the positive and improve it. Thank you. My name is Ainsley, and this is my statement of faith. There is a type of jellyfish called the Turriotopsis dorne. I think the species of jellyfish is a symbol of just how amazing God can be. The Turriotopsis dorne is biologically immortal. What this means for this jellyfish is if it's threatened or harmed or experienced stresses, it physically reverts into an earlier stage of life and starts all over. 
If God decided to do that to make just a simple, small jellyfish, imagine how much he cares about us, even if we can't always see it, even if we are put under stress. Just like the cherry tops is Dorne, we need to have faith to take a step back, take a few deep breaths, and start over. God cares about all his creations. We just need to have faith in that. There's a lot of talk and questions about the meaning of life. Why are we here? Why did God make us, place us on this world? What are we meant to do? And I think that a lot of people obsess over that, feeling like they're wasting their life, like we're all missing out on some major event that we don't even know about. But I don't think that's right. God put us on this world because they loved us, because he wanted us to grow and change and shape the earth ourselves, because... Even if we're not divine in total, we were given divinity when God gave us life. Life and living is all we need to do. It's all we are put here to do. To love and to cry and to shape the world to make it our, our own in a way that God himself couldn't do. We've all been taught things about God. We've read the scriptures and descriptions and we know how God is supposed to act. But I believe that God, above all else, is a parent. One that, one that cares immensely for us all, but doesn't dictate what we do. He just tries to provide a guide for what we should do and try to be. In a similar manner, the Holy Spirit is life. It's said in the Bible that when, that when humans were created, God breathed a spirit and life into us all. I think that's what this part of the Trinity is about. There's the creator, the child, and life. I'm really happy that I'm able to join the church. This church has been like a home for me ever since I was little, and I have so many good memories of this place. God is a calling for all of us to help people, and I hope to do just that. I believe in God, the Creator, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. I believe in a loving, kind, understanding, and accepting God. I believe that God is everywhere. My faith means that I carry my belief in God wherever I go and know that he loves me and accepts me no matter what. The church to me is a place and community that I like to be a part of because it is filled with welcoming people who I like to be around. I feel God is calling me to be be a good person. I care for creation and I care for others. When someone is struggling, I do the best I can to help them. I want to join the church because I want to be a part of the faithful community and help people inside and outside the church.